Welcome in once again to the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined as I am, as always, by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The Talking Tide podcast available to you on various apps, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And of course, Podbean.com is our web host. You can always get the show fastest going straight to podbean.com finding us there also the twitter handle talking underscore tide the handle keep up with us that way as well travis and chase uh, with you kind of wrapping up about a week into fall camp when last we checked in on the pod waves we previewed fall camp and uh, as we bring you in travis in full disclosure I've been I've hit like four SEC towns in five days this week for both personal and professional reasons. Uh, whereas you, with fall camp getting cranked up, have been kind uh, kind of stapled to Tuscaloosa County, right? Yeah, we both burned up the roadways, airways, you name it, this summer. Uh, from Montana to the SEC, from the Big Sky uh, to the biggest league in all of college football. We've kind of been around and seen it all this summer, but it's nice to settle back in. I know you're looking to do the same, you know, when you have these kids like we have and they start getting to be, you know, 17, 18 years old, they, uh, they sometimes keep you even more busy than when they're seven or eight years old, but you know, we do what we have to do for the youngins. And, uh, we're situated now we're into fall camp, as you said, chase and uh it's sort of that time of year i've said it in the last week or so i say it every year you're at that stretch in the preseason where no news is good news and unfortunately for alabama there has been some news in the last week or so yeah and 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 now that you mentioned that uh just to move it back just dialed back a little further it's been it it was a relatively quiet summer for nick saban the way he likes them uh, and then some uh, some injury news uh, kind of pops up like a uh, like a like a nasty dandelion right there at the start of fall camp. It does, and it's kind of continuing a trend, right? Going back to really the Florida State game to kick off the 2017 season. That wasn't necessarily the preseason, but it was certainly early enough in the season. In, in the opener against the Seminoles, you saw uh, Alabama incur some significant injuries especially at the outside linebacker position just in that game uh and it's kind of continued on into last year we saw the injury bug uh in the preseason impact both Terrell Lewis and Christopher Allen at the outside linebacker position not so much outside linebackers this time around Chase but most recently a linebacker inside linebacker Josh McMillan sustains a knee injury that uh, didn't sound all that good listening to Nick Saban uh, during his post-scrimmage press conference on Saturday and gathering some intel other places. uh, You hate it for Josh McMillan because this is one of those rare fifth-year seniors. Um, Chase, as you know, how how many fifth-year seniors do you see in a program like Alabama's eventually get a shot? winning a starting job usually if it hadn't happened by your third or fourth year it probably ain't going to happen for you at Alabama but Josh McMillan was in that position sustains a knee injury on Saturday however uh, as a first team inside linebacker and again does not sound good for his prospects uh, for at least much if not the entirety 
of the 2019 season. Just the latest, though, in a, in a long line of injuries. On Thursday of last week, you had Trey Sanders, the five-star running back, go down with a uh, foot injury uh, that, that is expected to keep him out for an extended period of the 2019 season. You've got some other guys like LeBron Ray trying to get back from an offseason injury. Uh, DJ Dale, the true freshman defensive tackle, dealing with a knee injury right now that he's expected to return from here in the next week or two. So, you know, not all of the news is bad on the injury front, but again, uh, a couple of guys that are very much staring in the face the likelihood of missing pretty much all, if not all, of the upcoming campaign. You know, as usual, Travis, uh, you give me all my good ideas, but but uh, going back to some of your earliest comments on McMillan and, and how rare it is to see a fifth-year senior pop up and play a, a prominent role on a Nick Saban Alabama team, it's a fun segment for the future for you and I. Top three best, highest-contributing fifth-year seniors under under saving at UA that'd be a lot of fun uh and matter of fact uh go ahead for our listeners hit us with your thoughts on that on that Twitter feed talking underscore tide and uh maybe Travis out and I will kick that around uh next time uh but Travis it uh it, it's it, you're right it, it it for you you hate it for McMillan all the more because of the rarity uh of guys putting themselves in the position he has in year five yeah it, it is i mean think about it i think blake sims was blake sims a fifth year senior um at the quarterback position in I 2014 he, I, I think he was uh and assuming he was i think he got to put blake at the top of the list you know because he he sort of set some school records for single-season performances uh, under Lane Kiffin in 2014 and uh, definitely uh, hooked up with Amari Cooper uh, for a historic season uh, five years ago now. Crazy to think it's already been five years for that. But uh, it, it is rare. Uh, it's it's extremely rare. Um, it, there's reasons for it. Obviously, Alabama has had some attrition uh, at the linebacker spot. Uh, most recently, as we know, Mac Wilson foregoes his senior season, makes the jump to the Cleveland Browns, who, by the way, uh, two interceptions for Mac Wilson uh, in his preseason debut up there in Cleveland. So a good start for him as a fifth-round pick. But, yeah, it's just it's not something you see much of. But because of the attrition, um, there are instances where if guys hang around, you know, opportunity eventually presents itself. Anthony Averett was one of those kind of guys. Uh, later on in his career at the cornerback position, you had some guys leave the program for a variety of reasons. Kendall Sheffield transferred out to Ohio State, had some guys move on to the National Football League, and there is something to be said for biding your time, and that's the real shame in all of this for a guy like Josh McMillan. You know, I was thinking about it, Chase. He was probably in line against Duke, to play more defensive snaps in the first game of his fifth year in the program than he had combined on defense in the four years preceding uh, the upcoming season. So you just hate it for a guy like that. Um, and, and we'll get more into what it means for the uh, linebacker position, uh, the inside linebacker position, and how it sort of only heightens the importance of Dylan Moses staying healthy there at inside linebacker. Uh, but we've got some some other areas that we'll work on. But it, it, to your main point there, absolutely, 
it, it's just not every it's not an every year occurrence for a sort of fifth year senior to kind of you know emerge as a first year starter uh, again we, we, you with boots on the ground and me uh watching from afar this past week uh you would certainly know better than me but it sounded like from what i heard coming in uh, that uh, Dylan Moses held out of the first scrimmage for what sounded like essentially precautionary reasons. But uh, is it too – I don't think it's reading in too much at all to say that uh, a, a, a sit for Moses for precautionary reasons probably has as much to do with how thin UA is at that position as it does with how Dylan Moses feels. Yeah, I think right now you have to take that into account because your situation, for a couple of reasons, the importance of Dylan Moses uh, on the player, uh, on the field, excuse me, in terms of production, but then also his ability to run the show from that Mike linebacker spot. And look, you've got a lot of young guys that need the reps anyway. So go ahead and get Ali Caho and Jalen Moody and Shane Lee and Christian Harris and even Markel Benton. Yep. Assuming McMillan is out uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, it, it's a big problem. Yeah, no doubt about it. The inside linebackers spot spot one there of the thinnest the connection again, if, if if not the thinnest. I don't get it. Uh, I think we're good. If not the thinnest uh, on the roster. Some other thoughts around Travis, some praise for Mac Jones, the backup quarterback. Your thoughts uh, on on Jones and, and his importance, I guess, uh, uh, behind Tua for the future of the program. Tua Tungvaloa, of course, maybe looking at his last year. Yeah, it's kind of that situation with Mac Jones where I won't say he's in no man's land, but he's in that spot where he isn't the fresh face anymore, and he never really was because he came in in the same class, as you know, with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Well, he's made some nice strides. We've heard of progress being made by the former Bowl school star from Jacksonville, Florida. But now you have a couple of new arrivals in the spring, the, the shiny new toys in Paul Tyson and Talia Tonga-Vailoa, and a lot of the attention shifts to the new guys because we like our new guys. We love new guys. Um, but during the interim of all this, during Tua's uh, ascent to stardom, you know, uh, Mac Jones has sort of quietly toiled uh, in anonymity, and here he is. And, uh, you know, it sounds like he had a, a really good scrimmage on Saturday, only cemented himself even more as the top backup to Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and big picture-wise, uh, continues to put himself in a pretty good spot when you talk about a potential eventual successor to Tuatanga Bailo, which you might be looking at as early as a year from now. Talk of Tide podcast at podbean.com continues. You can get it as well at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app as well. The Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors who keep the show going uh, right now. Travis, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley, a charter sponsor of Talking Tide. Uh, they can do it all over there uh, at North River, whether it's porcelain veneers, teeth whitening, endodontics, you name it, dental implants. 
cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry. They do it all over there at Dr. Jackson. He does a super job. Alabama graduate, a guy who played uh, football for Bear Bryant at UA, as a matter of fact, does Dr. Jack. And uh, it's easy to get to him as well, right off of McFarland Boulevard, uh, 1100 Fairfax Park uh, uh, out in Northport. They can remind you about your appointment any way you want, text message, email, phone call, whatever, and they do a great job. They get you in and out of there nice and quick on a routine cleaning. Uh, that wait in the uh, waiting room is, is usually uh, less than 10 minutes, uh, so get over and check them out. Get your teeth taken care of by Dr. Jack and your families as well. I'm going to give you a couple places where you can use those uh, healthy teeth uh, by paying a visit to Dr. Jack Smalley and the outstanding people there at North River Dental Associates. First, I'm going to tell you about Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, right there at Timerson Square. Chase, it was a scrimmage Saturday, as we know, here over the weekend. So, of course, the wife and I went to Brick and Spoon for breakfast on Saturday. And, of course, trying to prepare as best you can for a big scrimmage. Uh, even if you're only out there for eight or ten minutes as a member of the media, you got to go with the All-American. And the All-American comes two eggs any way you like them. Uh, great grits. Uh, you get the Canadian and the regular bacon. So you get two kinds of bacon there and an outstanding biscuit for you as well. Now, they've got so many other options from French toast to the uh, three cheese omelet. You name it. Great breakfasts. They also have that build your own Bloody Mary, which you can essentially turn into a meal in and of itself. The Bloody Marys are known across the United States of America as being among the very best that you're going to find out there. A top 10 breakfast by Travel and Leisure Magazine in the United States, right here in Tuscaloosa at Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa at Timerson Square. Now, I was also out. We were also out this weekend. I believe it was Friday night, and it's packed. You had one of the Arena Country concerts. Chase and I, not the biggest fans of the Arena Country. We like the old-school country western music, okay? But they had one of the, the the hundreds of Arena Country guys that you got out there now that was down at the Tuscaloosa Amp. So We like what they and, played at Bob's Country Bunker in the Blues Brothers, Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't involve a – uh, your girl or your dog leaving you, then we don't really want to hear about it. But anyway, we were able to secure a couple of bar spots down there at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. And I know we've talked about it so many times when it comes to heat, but just outstanding from start to finish. Just get that, you know, it's it, it should be, it should have a more sort of, uh, glitzy glamorous sort of name the the side salad the garden salad is so good at heat pizza bar but it's just called the garden salad but when you try it you'll know what i'm talking about it is outstanding and then of course all the pizzas are great the personal favorite the thai chicken pizza had one of those as well uh full bar yeah the bon bon voyage cocktail the wife tried that one good bread it's that muddled strawberry and basil in there with a little bit of rye um, yeah, it was really good. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. All right, the Talking Tide podcast rolls on with a couple of more topics. Before we close this one out, Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, Chase Goodbread of NFL.com, carrying you through here. And, Travis, I'll, I'll just um, 
kind of kind of swing to another branch off of this first scrimmage, uh, and we'll maybe look ahead to uh, scrimmage number two a little bit as well. But uh, uh, Chadarius Townsend, uh, who, as we know, got some running back reps back in the spring. Trey Sanders out indefinitely with a, a foot injury. Uh, your thoughts on whether we see Townsend right back with the running backs uh, heading into the second scrimmage, or do you think that experiment will be contained to the spring? Yeah, I think it's kind of TBD. Now, when we went out Saturday, once the news of Sanders' injury really became uh, widespread at that point Saturday morning, wanted to take a look and see if Chadarius Townsend might be back with those running backs, which is where he spent spring drills. But he was still with the wide receivers. And what Sanders' injury sort of opened up was a busy, busy afternoon for redshirt freshman Jerome Ford, who has some explosive ability of his own, some home run hitting ability uh, just in his second year in the program. Again, sort of like we were talking about with Mac Jones, you know, the guys that come in a, a year or two ago, we, we, we tend to forget about and we think more about a Trey Sanders, who you was know, a five-star prospect, number one running back recruit for the 2019 class. But Nick Saban seemed pleased uh, with the performance of Jerome Ford, a busy guy. Again, on Saturday, Keelan Robinson, another true freshman, sort of the other back in that 2019 class with Trey Sanders. You know, you look at Keelan Robinson, he's not typical of what you are used to seeing from Alabama running backs in that he's not 5, 10, 11, 6 foot and 215 plus in terms of measurables. He's more along the lines of 5'8", 5'9", 190 pounds or so. Uh, but he brings, again, a different dynamic to the position than, say, Najee Harris and or Brian Robinson. So those two guys figure to factor prominently in the wake of the Sanders injury. But as you sort of outlined there for us, uh, I would think a possibility, something Nick Saban just going to keep in his back pocket for the time being that Townsend, if needed, can make that jump back to the backfield. Sounds like a big day for Will Reichert in scrimmage number one. Uh, Cecil Hurt, as a matter of fact, to the Tuscaloosa News, longtime outstanding editor there and writer uh, and columnist, uh, uh, tweeted four for four with a long of 50, as a matter of fact, for Reichard. Uh, Travis, uh, what a welcome sight it would be for Alabama fans, for sure, uh, to, to – and, of course, Reichard's unproven, but if he were to come in and kind of solidify a spot that's been shaky for uh, – more more years than not in recent history for sure that would be that would be big it would and you know he showed that ability on field goals in the spring you saw it in the spring game uh didn't have as many opportunities uh on field goals as he did on saturday but you know that's sort of his forte he's a two-way guy he can punt he can kick uh field goal extra point he can kick off and you know when you talk about guys that do it all now, I'm having a hard time recalling another Alabama specialist with that sort of talent, potentially anyway, that we're seeing from Will Reichard. I think there is a time coming where Will Reichard might very well handle everything, punting, uh, field goal, extra point, kickoffs. He, he, I, I think he's close to being able to do that right now. Nick Saban has the luxury, it, it sounds like, based on the performance of the uh, punter and, and kicker situation as a whole on Saturday that he might 
initially at least looked to divvy that up among his three scholarship uh, specialists who handle punting and kicking. Uh, but again, it, it is. It, it's it's been a, a welcomed addition since the spring uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, he Will Riker looks to be a, a legitimate guy in in all the areas we're talking about. But you know he's making Skylar DeLong and Joseph Bulovis better just with his presence as well. Uh, you're a former kicker yourself, Travis. You've raised a couple of kickers, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is this is interesting to me, the, the, the whole concept of, of Reichert or, or anybody potentially handling both, dues, both duties. Uh, it, it certainly, uh, people, the average fan, or any of us, I guess, don't really compare uh, that to somebody going two ways offense and defense because it's not the same thing in terms of what kind of challenge it is just to the – to the body um but but doing both punting and kicking maybe that's not the same physical exertion as going two ways at a couple other spots but it certainly comp has to complicate things for a, a, a guy between the ears at the very least travis if you were charged um with both duties back at ed white for instance uh how would you go about computing it all in your head there yeah, I, I did do them both. Well, um, there you going go, back to then. The, back to that. Old, <laughs> I started, I, I always tell people, good bread, I, I was a, a, I started on both sides of the ball, you know, punter and kicker. Um, but I did do both. One of them was kind of ingrained in my DNA because the old man was a punter. Pops, Pops was a punter going back to the mid-60s at Robert E. Lee High School on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida. And so, you know, growing up, because of him I, I punted a ton now I didn't really get into kicking until I got a little bit older but even you know sixth seventh eighth grade I was starting to mess around with it the biggest thing is if you're a soccer style kicker and a punter uh, the leg swings are kind of entirely different you know back in the day when you had straight on kickers you know that is much more in line with the motion utilized by a punter so the technique uh, as far as leg swing is a good bit different from soccer style place kicking to punting. But, you know, Riker to me in that open practice a couple of Saturdays ago, that's where I saw significant improvement in him. He didn't look like a kicker trying to punt. You know what I'm talking about. You know it when you see it. And a lot of times if you see kickers these days that punt, it's the rugby-style stuff because the rugby motion is closer to soccer-style kicking than the traditional punting motion. But he looked like a punter punting, if that makes any sense. I mean, he, he looked like he had really repped uh, that part uh, of his of his skill set. And he was very impressive punting the football two Saturdays ago. I, I thought he was clearly the better of the two that day anyway. Skylar DeLong apparently uh, had a nice performance on Saturday in the scrimmage, so that's that's encouraging to hear. But, you know, it's 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 hard to find guys that can really do both. Again, there's typically going to be some drop-off one way or the other. J.K. Scott, most recently, hellacious punter who could also kick, and, and he wasn't a bad kicker, you know, as a kickoff guy and a long-range sort of option on field goals. But, you know, J.K. Scott, first and foremost, is a punter. Uh, but I think Will Reichert in time, assuming he sticks with all three of, you know, the field goals, the extra point, uh, the kickoffs, and the punting, I think he has a chance to be among the very best in the SEC in every one of those areas. All right. 
It's going to wrap up this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Had a lot of fun with this one for sure as we check in after uh, a week of fall camp at UA. Uh, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Stick around. Of course, we will be back again uh, probably post-scrimmage two at some point uh, with another edition of Talking Tide. Keep an eye on the Twitter feed for links to that. Had a lot of fun. We'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.